Tandem Nomads, episode 124. Five or six movings later, I told my husband, well, you know, I feel a bit frustrated. I think we should change their roles. And he said, honey, we do whatever you want. Just realize that you earn 10% of my salary. And you, we, we can do it if you want, but imagine the risk for the family. And I, I felt totally trapped. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful, portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing expert and the founder of Tandem Nomads. In today's episode, I want to talk about a topic that's really, really important to me. When I started Tandem Nomads three years and a half ago, I had one big issue, which was finding data and information on the market of expats and expat partners in particular. If you've been following Tandem Nomads podcast for a while, you know how much I insist on the importance of doing thorough market research when you launch your portable business. And... I have to say that if you are in the space of expats, that's something a little difficult sometimes to find. Since three years and a half ago, there's been a lot of progress, I have to admit, in the research and data and information available on the needs and circumstances and conditions of expat lifestyle. But I have to say a lot of it is very focused on corporates and the needs of big companies when they relocate and they relocate their employees. But there's a very little available for the needs of the expat spouse. And as you know, I am very, very passionate about this topic. And the more information we have about this market and the needs of expat partners around the world, the better we'll be able to serve them. But also, if you are working in the expat field, you will also have more information to be able to do your business properly, but also serve your customers in the most um, in the most um, sustainable way. And as I said, I've been really frustrated to have, to be completely honest with the lack of information, but I was really happy to discover along the way a great French company called Expat Communication, who has made it its mission to support expat partners through data and through surveys. And I'm really honored to have one of the partners of Expat Communication here, Alex Carnot. Alex, thanks for being here and are you ready for the ride? Hello, I'll do to try I try to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. So Nomad Nation Alex uh, comes from France and um, where she graduated from a prestigious school of Sciences Po and HEC. After that, she worked in the biggest and the only big electrical company <laughs> in France. And a few years later, she wanted to start getting out of her comfort zone and moved abroad with her husband. And since then, they've been relocating eight times. So during that time, she grew her family and she also realized the big gap that there is for expat spouses to build their own source of career success, fulfillment, revenue, and finding also a career that is up to the level of their potential. So that has led her to write a great book that's called Cherie. Which was a great book. I really recommend it to you if you read French. And it had a really great press in France, I have to say. 
So, uh, and after, I mean, today, Alex has joined the Expat Communication, which was a company that ex existed previously, but she has helped with the team and Stephanie, her partner, uh, to take it to the next level and really focus on the importance of designing surveys and providing real expat intelligence and expat international career development for expat partners, but also expats and supporting companies provide better service and support to their employees on the move. So Alex, I tried to summarize in the litter of my own words here, your background and what you have been achieving in an amazing journey. Is there anything I missed that you would like to correct and what is happening in your world right now? Um, no, well, you've done it beautifully. Um, Maybe just to sum things up, um, I would say I was a typical uh, couple where we had like twin experiences. And when before leaving abroad, we had a big thought about who should initiate the move. Mm. Uh, should it be you? Should it be me? Because we have the same kind of studies, same kind of careers, uh, same kind of uh, uh, money we earn. So how to choose and we decided it would be him that would move first and I would follow thinking that next time we would in, uh, exchange the roles. Hmm. Five or six movings later, I told my husband, well, you know, I feel a bit frustrated. I think we should change the roles. And he said, honey, we do whatever you want. Just realize that you earn 10% of my salary and you, we, we can do it if you want, but Imagine the risk for the family. And wow. I, I felt totally trapped. Um, so I have goosebumps <laughs> as you're talking right now. You hit it on the, on the, the, you hit the nail on the head right now here. This is a big problem. It is. It, oh, it is. It is a big situation. Is it a problem? Not always. Yeah. If you are uh, lucid at the beginning, um, it is a problem if, First, you don't think it will happen and you realize it on the road as I did. And it is a big problem if you think, if you think it's your fault. If you think that this happened, you know, my feeling in the beginning that was that it was normal to go abroad. It was logical that both of the couples should work. It was obvious that we wanted to live together, not one in a country and the other one remaining home. And as all that was normal, for me it was logical that I would find a job abroad, you know, as I was, uh, it was normal to live abroad and to work together and so on. The thing is, it was not logical. I had made uh, an assumption that was hmm. too quick. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, but I took a lot of time to realize it. And for a lot of, uh, a long time, I thought, I couldn't find a job or my career was not what I, sh I would have dreamt it could be just because I was not good enough. And during a long time, I, I put all the frustration I could feel just on my shoulders, thinking that if I had handled the situation better, we would both be working with very successful career and moving every two years. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's after a long time and thanks to the surveys we led that I discovered that it was just a typical situation. Yeah. You're not alone and you have not done anything specifically wrong about your career. It's just realizing 
the context and the fact that it is not necessarily realistic because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more years you spend out of the workforce, the less potentially also have to be paid at the same level. Exactly. And the more you move, the more atypical your profile uh, becomes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each time you have a probability to find a new job and a new activity. If you move, each time you move, it's like you throw the dices and you have that probability to find a job or not again. Yeah. So maybe once it works, twice you find a job again, and the third time you're not lucky. Yeah. And if you multiply, you know, multiplying risk, make that your profile is more and more atypical, which is not bad in itself. You just have to be prepared. Yeah. You have just here highlighted one of the biggest issues of expert partners' dual career challenges and the whole reason why I was drawn to start Tandem Nomads three years and a half ago. So I'm so glad that you decided to do something about it too. And I want you now to tell us about a little bit about your your book, actually, Chérie on s'expatrie, which means, honey, we're going to expatriate. And a, a bit more about what you're doing now within expat communication to be able to, to make a difference there. So about my book, um, I wrote it when I came back, as many people do. I'm not the only one to, to have done that. Because I had moved so often, you know, eight times in 13 years is really a lot. So I felt a bit diggy and I needed to put things together and step aside and understand what had happened during these 13 hectic years. Mm. Um, But I was not so interested in my case, but in understanding the general process of going abroad together um, and to think about, um, is it normal that just one works? Uh, Should we really demand you have the right to lead uh, a career as also as an expert partner. Um, is it a sacrifice to give up a career for a certain time? What is a successful life? And can we say we have a successful life even if we have an atypical career? The answer is just obvious, but digging uh, deeply into these questions was necessary for me. And actually proved to be very useful for others because I get very often emails from people saying, well, I, you know, I, I read your book and I was so surprised. It's like if, it, like if you had been living in a house mm-hmm. uh, because I find exactly my situation and really helped to see that I was not alone. Yeah. So, and we will go back to the, to the survey we led, but the survey was born out of that book because it was good to speak about my own experience. It was good to speak in the name of the people I had met. But my big anxiety was, you know, for me, it was very important to write a book, something very official. So I really wanted to, to have it done well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want to have too many buyers. And I thought the only way to avoid bias would be to have a survey. Mm-hmm. And this is how the survey was born, just to explain like to expand my own experience. This is so smart, yeah. So so you did the survey within, um, were you already at Expat Communication when you wrote the book? 
Yes, I had just joined the company. Mm-hmm. And to, so to say a word about the company, yeah. uh, it's a company that had been founded in 2001 by two expat women coming back from 20 years each of living abroad with their husbands. And they had the same conclusion, which is expatriation is an art and not, not everybody has the keys to, the, to this art. So they founded Expat Communication with the idea of identifying and sharing the keys to a successful expatriation. And that has been the mission of the company for uh, 16, 17 years now. Um, and we, they do, we do that. The idea at the beginning, and now I can say we. Um, with three, You're a partner now. I'm a partner now. I, I took over the company with, uh, with a friend um, one year ago. And I had been working in that company for four years. Um, and now we have three departments in the company. It makes a bit, it's a bit posh to say we have three departments. So 10 people company, okay? So we have 10, 10 employees and 10 different, yeah, like I guess and, department. And, yeah, and, and growing network of coaching. pillars or, yeah. But we're, we have three pillars. First one is what we call expat intelligence. So this is where the surveys took place. Um, this is where we, we do conferences. We write uh, white books on expatriation, for example. So providing data and analysis on expatriation. Mm-hmm. Second pillar is Expat Network. We have two websites, Time Expat and Expat Value, mm-hmm. uh, to share uh, our findings other resources and to federate the expat community. And third pillar is expat training and coaching, where we train and coach on three subjects, um, preparing uh, before expatriation or repatriation, um, expat career, and uh, cross-cultural intelligence. Wow, this is so impressive what you've managed to develop within the company and these different sectors of the company. And I want to highlight a little bit um, from Expat because some of you who are listening, I know you might be, some of you are French speakers and I highly recommend you to check Femme Expat, which is an online magazine for expat women, French-speaking expat women, where you can find all the resources you need before, during and after expatriation. It's really, really I highly recommend it to you. And there's also a very active Facebook group that you have where you can connect with other French-speaking expats. So, Alex, this is really interesting. How did you manage to build that and grow it? Well, I didn't build it, you know. I took it over. First, because when I came back from abroad, you know, when you are uh, the feeling I had, when you're abroad and changing country all the time, your career is a bit like... Uh, the nomadic economy uh, uh, in the prehistoric times, you know, <laughs> you grab opportunities, you take what happens, but you don't think too much about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take too much time making a strategy, you will leave and you won't have done anything. So I just took the jobs that came to me. When I came back, for me, it was very official. You know, I had to sit down and think and say, well, what do I want to contribute to? Mm-hmm. And... I thought what I had been doing in my previous jobs, my last jobs were about people development in big companies, which was very interesting, but many people do it. And I thought what I had been doing, not as a job, but just as a 
social service or just as a hobby to help my friends, my expat friends, finding a job abroad and thinking about their lives. This is not really developed, and I, I'd like to give it uh, some a, a more professional way of doing it. Yes. And uh, so I had a look at who was doing that in France, and actually there was just one actor that was expat communication. I fell in love twice in my life. Oh, that's nice. One for my husband and one for expat communication. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I met Sabine and Corinne, who were the two founders, I thought, well, I, I wish I had founded that company myself, but luckily, actually, it's even better. Someone do it. Someone did it. Um, and that company is like a seed. It was very small, but very, very powerful. Mm. Uh, and I immediately saw how to make it grow and develop it into all the services were ready. I just had to expand them and develop them internationally. So this is what I have been trying to do for two years now, or for a year and a half as a, a partner. Yeah. And I must say, it's a great, great experience. This is fantastic. It's really impressive, um, Alex, what you and the team have been achieving. And I've been following you since the beginning, and I can testify of the great growth that I've been seeing and professionalization of the expat and the expat spouse support. And I think this is it. This is for me the key word here. And one of the things that I know that when I written my mission statement when I started Tandem Nomads, one of it, it was exactly that. And this is why I was so happy to meet you and to have somebody with whom I could, you know, align on that. I think you and I really want to make sure that the market, quote unquote, of expatriation and specifically support of expats is professionalized, that it's not a hobby. There's a potential for expat spouses support to make it a real market with real support, but also advocacy. The more we professionalize this industry, the better we'll be able to actually advocate for better regulations within the companies, within the countries, within the states. So um, I don't know if you agree with that, but I think that's what got me interested in what you're doing is that fact that you want to make that a professional industry and not just a sidekick or a hobby uh, or a small thing that it is a real market and there will be more and more of women and men in this situation in the future as we continue to have a very globalized world. So, Yeah, yeah I totally agree. And I would add that we work mainly with big companies And it's not a matter, you know, it's just a matter of survival for the company, Mm. for the communication to to be as, we try to be as professional as our clients who are the biggest companies in the world. Uh, I say we try because they are huge and we're tiny. So Mm. sometimes, you know, we can't meet all the, uh, The we can't copy their requirements because, we're too small for that, but however, they're very, very demanding clients, mm-hmm. um, and they make us grow very quickly and, and improve our processes very quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's a great. That's a great insight. And so, one of the key um, factor that helps 
professionalized the interest industry and helped you also gain credibility in your field is because you collected information and data to know how to support dual career challenges within the couple, within the family, and within the company. So you've been running a few surveys. Now, how, how many surveys now are you at? Because uh, We are everyone. at the third wave of the That's same thing. It's always the same. Well, it's we, the same uh, basic questions. We expand the, the questions each, uh, with each wave. Uh, but the third wave, uh, we're just finishing now. That's fantastic. So how many people did you have? Uh, what is the highest number of people you managed to get into your survey? At the first one, we were astonished because we thought, you know, it was a small survey we were doing in a garage with what we remembered from our business schools uh, in statistics. And we thought if we, if we got 500 answers, it would be great. And we got 3,000. So we were amazed. 3,000. And I, will, I think we can discuss after why, but there is a reason actually. It's not all talent. It's really connected to the subject. Mm-hmm. But the second one, um, we uh, partnered uh, with uh, researchers, universe, um, uh, academic researchers, to make sure, because always, you know, I always have that big fear of when you produce data, it's like, it's like when you publish a book. It makes things official. People believe you. We had a huge press mm-hmm. for the results, which is very frightening because I'm always, you know, I'm a woman, so I'm always with that fear of who am I to say that? And yeah. is it really, really absolutely sure? Yeah. So uh, uh, we had a, an academic partner who validated the first figures we published and who was really a partner for the second wave. The problem of academic research is that it's absolutely boring, you know, because uh, they want things to be, to, the questions to be repeated two, three, four times in a slightly different way. Problem is people don't like it. So we didn't grow a lot. We had 3,500 answers already. Very good. And for that third wave, we took the best of the two first waves and we are just closing now and we have 7,500 answers it seems like a bit like a dream I must say. wow 7,500 this yeah. is amazing and the more data you will get with the future the more credible it will get because it's all about numbers at the end of the day to be able to extract you know what are the trends and where where do we need to make a difference somehow but this is amazing that you managed to do that in just three waves Yes, actually, it came with a subject because okay. now the third wave, I think we've re- reached the, the final perimeter of the survey, which is the impact of international mobility on the career and personal lives of the expatriates. So it's very, very general. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was just on the career of expats uh, partners. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was the first big survey on that or the first real survey on that subject mm-hmm. and it really met i think the frustration of many of many expat spouses who felt that for the first time they they learned that someone or a company or whatever was concerned in their experience yeah. and it was not denied like by something that a few years ago i, I was still hearing a lot in companies of you know, they, the, the partners of my expat, they don't wish to work. Mm. They have renounced to their career. 
Um, Which is a misconception that the companies have made. Um, it's a good thing we have data now on that subject. So there yeah. is no. So more you have data to prove to the companies that it's not true, and we need to take care of it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I can prove uh, to the companies, and these are maybe the first data that really came out. 80% of the expat spouses were working previously to the expatriation, and 80% of them want to work abroad. Oh, that's so it's a, a, a first very important figure. 80% of the expat spouses want to go on with their career in certain conditions. And what is interesting is to go yeah. deeper and see what kind of what they call a career, but how that they want to have a career. And I think that's what's interesting about your survey. And I just want to make a side note here before we go further. Nomad Nation, I think it's really important that we have this information. And I want to invite you to help us have even more information so that we can really extract as much data to be able to support the expat partners dual career challenges. So if you go to tandemnomads.com slash 124, we will put the link there so that you can uh, participate to the survey and weigh in your, um, your um, situation and your opinion and your concerns. So please go to tandemnomads.com slash 124 and please fill out the survey because it will be so helpful. The more information we have, the more diversity we get, the better it is. And this is why I would really like to invite you to check it out on tandemnomads.com slash 124. Sorry, Alex, I made a side note here, but I just wanted to encourage everyone to participate to this because I think it's so important that we have information and data to know what we can do to make a difference and change this challenges that are here in the, until today. I mean, we're not yet over. There's still a lot of work to do. To still a lot of work to do. So thank you so much, Amal, for that uh, encouragement for uh, your nomination to fill <laughs> the questionnaires. I will add as, you know, reason to, to fill it, to fill that form, that many expats told me that just thinking about the questions was like making a small coaching session. Mm. It's like a, a self-made assessment of where am I in my life, what are my expectations, what is the, the conclusion I draw from my expatriation and from my prison situation. I think it's also a very interesting thing to do for you just now, here and now, not only for the results after. Yeah. So that's a very good point, actually. When you, yeah, that's the questions I did see them. I remember I participated to the survey two years, the two last ones, I think, or at least I don't remember exactly. It's been a while now, but I have participated in the, and the questions are really interesting and they're different from other surveys that I've been sent to because they really think about the topic deeply. And there's one highlight that you brought. Actually, um, I think I, Alex and I, Nomad Nation, we agreed that if you fill up the form, we'll send you also the result of the survey of the of the um, of the previous the results of the previous survey as a gift. So tandemnomads.com slash one hundred twenty four. You send you fill out the survey and you also get the results of the previous previous ones. And one thing you said, Alex, uh, that's really interesting for me is what you define as career as an expert partner. Something that changes is that need of flexibility that most of surveys do not consider. When I read it 
when I read other surveys, I'm not going to name, <laughs> they think of Korea like the traditional way, like the nine to five job and the same jobs basically as the moving partner is having. And that does not fit anymore. We have entered a lifestyle that is hard to change and we cannot have a nine to five job. And that's where the flexibility needs to happen and where the companies have to consider that too. Absolutely. And um it's it's uh, what what we try to do is to consider not only like you say the nine to five uh, uh, job job uh, paid job, mm -hmm. but also all these who are self entrepreneurs, and also these who make oppose to have uh, to make a training, and these who say, well, I want to develop my competencies, but it won't be through a paid job. It can be just through Uh, uh, community service or other other ways to feel useful, mm. learn new things, but maybe with no re pro, uh, no financial reward just now. I just know that it will be useful one day for my career and for my CV. And for now, I'm doing fun fun things, and I'm feeling useful. Yeah. And there is you know there is not a total total difference between all these different options. There is like a continuity yeah. from being uh, very active, um, what, what we are used to say successful professional mm. to um, uh, I'm a home mom uh, and in between that many, many kinds of different work-life balance, different, different business models. And what is important is to open the, the field of what is possible and to help every person to find the model that corresponds to them without and trying to make abstraction of mm. how the others consider it. I was a bit shocked at the beginning uh, by the reactions of some people who said, well, you forgot us, you forgot my special case or Mm -hmm. uh, especially from uh, moms that were working from home or that were not working at all, and that felt a bit that we had um, we had forgotten them. Mm -hmm. And actually, I realized it was because they were just feeling so frustrated by the look other people had on them mm -hmm. that you know uh, they were a, a bit overreacting uh, each time they did not feel represented in the survey. Uh, and one of the things we try is to make each uh, situation as um, to help people find exactly the situation that will fit their needs in a, a certain moment and uh, help them understand that it will be possible to change the reason after. Yeah. Because one of, another side of the survey is when expat spouses are back in the country, do they find a job? What about the employability? That's a, a the major point. Sorry, I interrupted. I got so excited. <laughs> I was like, that's huge because a lot of people expect that they're, when they're going to go back home, they're going to find a job. No, it's not like that. It does not happen. You can't just go back to your old life. Things happen in between. The resume changes. It, there's holes in it. The market is not willing to you know, to see the value of having lived abroad. You, you change and you usually don't want to go back to your exactly. old clothes. You know, as they say in Italian, 
you know, um, when something very often expect spells say when they come back is, I, I, the only thing I know is I don't want to do what I used to do. Expats. Yeah. So I want to highlight here with what you said, how important it is to have information and data about the market, because then, like you said, we can address all these issues thanks to the numbers. When we go to a company and we just tell them we need to fix this, if we don't have numbers behind it to share why it's important for them to do it, then we can't fix it. Right? About the barriers, uh, yeah. the most important barriers are um, the language, the uh, dynamism of the market mm-hmm. in itself. Um, there is um, the duration of your stay. We don't think about that so often, but if you know you're here for tw- for 10 years, it's quite easy to motivate yourself and to be convincing in a job interview. If you don't know for how long you're here, how can you convince yourself that you really have to find a job and how can you convince a recruiter that you really are the good resources for them? Exactly. If there is a small voice in your head saying, oh, you're lying, in two years you might be home or you might be moving. Um, and then there is all this, the, the big families of things about um, the recognition of your studies or uh, are you allowed to, exert, to, to, to make that job in this country? If you're a doctor, for example. Uh, you may have to to uh, make to have uh, to to make uh, studies again yeah. to validate a new diploma, uh, and it's quite often the case. And it, and, and this concerns quite many jobs actually. Yeah, the licenses and the the equivalence of diplomas. Exactly. Uh, we have doctors, lawyers, um, nurses. These are a lot of teachers. So many jobs. Actually. Yeah, these are a lot of jobs that um, we need to consider in that way. So, yeah, and then, and then the last point because that one is easy to res- to to resolve is that many expat spouses think that they the, the problem is quite simple. They just don't know how to look for a job in that country. Mm. They don't know the code. They don't know how to make that CV for that country. They don't know which job boards are used. Uh, are the headhunters playing a big role in that country or not? And and that's the easy part, I would say, because this is just about transmitting information. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. And I have a question for you. Um, so as you know, Tandem Nomads, my statement is that the easiest way is to start a portable business. It's not done for everybody to have that flexibility of life, be able to move from a country to another while having something stable and that's sustainable. So starting a portable business for me is the solution to dual career challenges. But in certain cases, people don't want that. So um, I just wanted to know what was your opinion about that um, Korea, looking for a job from a country to another versus starting a portable business. How do you see that? First, the, the first thing that the figures give you reason. <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted you to go. Perfect. <laughs> to your ear, isn't it? Uh, that, uh, the figures say that about 15 to 18 percent of the expat spouses were entrepreneurs before the leave, mm-hmm. and it's nearly 30 percent after the move once they find a job again. So it means that, and usually expat spouses have the same profile as the expats, which means they usually come from very big companies 
with corporate functions. Mm -hmm. So it's a big change for them to become uh, entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Many of them explain that they are very happy of it because that without the move, they would never have the courage uh, to get out of their comfort zone. Uh, not everybody is able to do it, especially just by themselves, because it's not always part of their culture and they don't always have the competencies for that. So many of them, or some of them at least, need to be accompanied uh, in that shift from a big company to uh, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's it's a big shift in many ways in mindset, but also a lot of things to, to implement and to learn to be able to do that. Uh, but it's interesting. You said 30% of women who leave abroad come back with a business or have or start a business? Started a business. Started they don't business. always come back with it, but they started it. Yeah. Um, I don't yet have the figures about how successful a business was. Uh, I hope that we have more information about that. All right. So perfect timing. This is what we need, Alex. <laughs> I need that data. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, you know why I'm, I'm insisting on this, um, Alex and Nomad Nation? I just wanted to let you know, I've been talking with a lot of companies um, to include ex expert spouses support with education to be able to turn a business into revenue and impact. Because a lot of expert partners do start a business, but they don't make revenue. And at the end of the day, it's a nice plaster to have a business card, to have a website. But if it's not making money, that's not the point, you know. Uh, and e even as an NGO, you need to learn how to make money to be able to make it sustainable and make the impact you want to make. So I've been discussing a lot with companies how this support can be included in the package on top of, you know, the school support and things like that. And data will be so helpful to be able to show that there is a need there, you know. So definitely. It shows, uh, yes, it shows that there is a need. It also shows that the situation is not exactly what the companies do. Well, my experience is not absolutely global, so I will speak about French companies I know yeah. well, Most, so, there are different stages. Some are still in the denial and they think that they're, though I say, my expat spouses, uh, meaning the, the spouses of the expats working in my company. So my expat spouses, they don't want to work, what we said at the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is the first stage of denial. And then coming with data saying, no, sorry, even in industrial companies, because we go very deep in the data and we know what kind of industry the, the expat is working for. Uh, even in, for example, mining companies, uh, the, expat, the, the, the partners want to work. Maybe not uh, as much as in marketing companies, but however, most of them. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have a second stage of companies saying, we have services and everybody who wishes uh, has access to them. Mm -hmm. And here again, with the, with the survey, we, can, we came back to them saying, well, you know, in your industry, we don't know for your company because we don't ask people for which company they're working, but we can do it for the companies who ask for it, but otherwise we don't, we don't ask. Mm -hmm. um, even in your field, um, expat spouses want to work and they say they benefited from no services from the expat's company. Yeah. 
And it was a shock for many companies saying, well, we do our best. We really have the feeling that we're a company and actually nothing happens. Mm. And it doesn't, there is a policy, there is a will to do things, but it doesn't come to the field. So that was very interesting. And now we're, we're working with some companies on how to, to make sure that these good ideas and this will of the company to accompany well the, 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 the spouses is really implemented. Yeah. That's just so important here. I mean, we, I think we, we are ending this episode on something so important about the importance of how we can use data to advocate. In the, you've been debunking so many misconceptions for these companies thanks to your data. And I guess we need even more data to be able to do it. But I know that you're also trying to get your survey more international to be able to hear beyond the French borders so that we can also reach more companies. And that's the point of your third survey, right? I mean, this last one. Yes. All right. Nomad Nation. So help us help you (laughs) by uh, please fill out that survey on tandemnomads.com slash 124. That will really be helpful so that we can really advocate to empower expat partners, which is the whole tagline of Tandem Nomads, but also I know expat communication and all the branches that you work on, um, Alex. So before we say uh, goodbye, is there any message you want to share with the Nomad Nation here who's listening on the importance of surveys or anything else you want to share? Well, I, I think the most important message is that we are inventing a new model. Um, and what is difficult in what we are experiencing is that we don't have really have people to copy because what we want to do you quite often does not really uh, does not uh, exist already. Mm-hmm. Um, we imagine that we will have the career of our fathers uh, taking care of the kids like our mothers did and um, uh, moving as people in our generation do. And we try to combine all these models just into one. It's a big struggle. Uh, and I think we will invent new models that will be very useful for the next generation. Uh, but we are just in the middle of it. Some, sometimes it's a bit hard. It's normal. The trailblazers here. <laughs> yes, exactly. And what we try to do with the data is to put figures on the struggles of today's people, uh, have, trying to make the way easier for them yeah. so that they can be useful for the, for the next generations too. So important. There's such a, I love that you say that. We're pioneers here. We're starting to professionalize a market that has never been considered as a market. So, and that's what you're doing here, Alex. And thank you so much for all the amazing work you are doing with your team. Uh, I'm really impressed and I really appreciate that somebody like you has decided to take care of this because as I said, I was so frustrated when I started Tandem Nomads because there was nothing like that. And, And now we have it and we just need now to get more people on board so that we can increase the number of data. The more data we have, the better we can approach these challenges and turn them into opportunities. As you know, that's the tagline of Tandem Nomads. <laughs> so thanks so much, I, Alex. We totally share. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, the, and maybe another, uh, yes. another announcement. We will launch in September, brand mm-hmm. new, an expat academy uh, where we will train people that are already coach, but that would like to, imp- to 
uh, use what they do, especially for expat spouses mm-hmm. um, or for expats in general. Uh, so we will uh, launch this academy in September and the role of the academy will be to select, to train and then to federate expat coaches all over the world. At this stage, we will need people that are bilingual French and English. And I guess that in one or two years, it will be possible for people with no French. Um, So if you are interested, you can go to our website, uh, expatcommunication.com, and see for more details in September. Excellent. So I know that all of, a lot of you here in Nomad Nation who are listening are coaches. So this might be an amazing opportunity for you to work with a platform that has access to people who need your help and your talent. So go to expatcommunication.com. This is fantastic. I can't wait to see that come to light, Alex. Uh, I think you're working really hard and making it happen for September. So really exciting. Thank you so much. You know, it's like it's been a dream for five years now. So seeing yeah. it coming to us. Just great. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Alex. And Nomad Nation, make sure to go to tandemnomads.com slash 124, fill out this form, and uh, and you also receive then the survey of the previous uh, of 2017, where you can already have some, some ideas of the results that Alex got and the whole team. Uh, but the more we have your input, the better it will be for the future. And I look forward, Alex, to continuing working together and, and trying to do our best in making a difference here in our communities. Thank you so much, Amel. So do I. We have this. Thank you. You're very welcome. Nomad Nation, as usual, stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.